And there's always more time to compute. Uh, this is Point and Click Radio, the bi-weekly computer show, coming to you over KZYXNZ. I'm Bob Lawton. And I'm Jim Hyde. Yes, Ooh, good evening, Jim. Hello, Bob. How are you? I'm fine. I'm happy to be back in the uh, slightly, uh, slightly more temperate KZYX uh, satellite studio in Talmadge. <laughs> ah, yes. Well, over here on the coast, it's uh, the wind has died down in the wake of the rain that's supposedly coming in tomorrow. Yet more rain. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, and, you can't uh, have Toby, to. Uh, Toby, the point and click research desk has the night off. She's on She's on assignment. As on assignment, say. yes. yes. Researching. So we've got our usual grab bag of news items. We're going to open up the phones early, too, to take calls, questions, comments. And if anybody's listening from prior shows when we were talking about the uh, feature we've been um, kind of kind of promoting and and discussing in a lot of ways, the idea of hiding your email address or masking your email or increasing your level of email privacy. I have more information about how to do that on almost any platform, not just uh, not just iCloud and and Apple products, but um, other products now, that's so important let's 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 start out with that let's do a really quick re review of kind of why that matters yes um all of our listeners know when you go to websites anymore more and more and more you see them asking for your email address usually within you know 10 seconds of you reading something that you really came there to actually read some message comes up and says sign up for our newsletter and get 15 percent off your next purchase or just sign up for our newsletter and we'll send you tips and tidbits or whatever it might be um and there's a reason for that because there are ways in the um in the dark underbelly of the internet advertising architecture for companies to be able to track you based on the email address that you have entered. So if you subscribe to 10 different newsletters in order to get that 15% discount, there are technologies that allow you to say, ah, Pat is interested in these kinds of products because Pat is always going to these kinds of websites and, and providing uh, Pat's email address. So it's just yet another way for advertisers to, to, to track you as you go across the Internet and to put ads in front of your face. However, as we've talked about in previous shows, and as Bob is going to elaborate on now, um, there are more and more ways to hide your email address so that if you want that 15% discount on your next order, or if you want that handy tip-filled newsletter in your, in your inbox every Monday morning, you can still get it without contributing to the um to the to the tracking monster that exists in the uh, in the in the online advertising world right and um one of the reasons they started doing that sign up right away for your e free email your free account and your 15 percent off your first order i've seen it as, as higher 20 or 25 percent off your first order <laughs> um first of all that that information is valuable and whoever collects that information actually has a commodity they can sell. They can sell that information or they could maybe get some kind of an affiliate kickback from, I have a feeling a lot of places that use Shopify to do online stores. Mm. I'm thinking, I've seen that so frequently, I'm thinking it might be a built-in, uh, if you want to call it feature of Shopify, you know. Right. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to rat out your customers and sell off their information? <laughs> yeah. Check this box here. Well, when you. Helped. 
check this box when you set up your online store and and it's you, you your idea was that they started developing it as a workaround for when the browser companies and um the um other providers of computer services started uh tightening the screws down on the privacy invasions you know the cookies <laughs> Uh, cleaning up the whole cookie, you know, all the cookie crumbs, uh, doing all that stuff to increase the privacy. Well, this is something you're basically opting in for. It's not sneaking away with your information. It's just bribing you, you know, with a discount for, for turning over your information. And if, to me, if it's something casual like a newsletter or a one-time purchase, you know, there's like a brand of shoes and you only want the one and they're going to last you the rest of your life and you really don't need to to marry this website or this company <laughs> having a throwaway email address that is forwarded to your real e email address is the way to go because it anonymizes you at least in terms of what your email address is exactly and they won't be able to put that together with every other email address you went used for going shopping that week anyway we uh, we talked before about the uh apple's feature that works in newer versions of the iOS uh, and iPad OS that, that are that work on iPhones and iPads, and also on Macs that have the Safari browser. Right. Uh, and when you're logged in and it knows that it's you and it knows your iCloud account, it's really handy because it will make those addresses available. Um, in that hide my email feature on all of your devices, on your phone, on your pad, on your, your browser, on your desktop or laptop computer. And you don't have to remember them because it just keeps a library of them, including the website you use them on and any notes you want to put in too. So you could say bought shoes on so-and-so from right. zappos.com and blah, 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 at whatever is your email address, but it's unique and it's also a disposable email. You can just, you can tell it to shut that one down and uh, they won't send you anything. It basically erects a, an alias. It creates an alias for your real, real email address and, um, and it will create an alias for every single website that you go to that where you need to enter your email address if you want to. So it's a really nice feature. I'm using it all the time now. Oh, um, good. I've actually switched now to using the Safari browser all the time. I used to kind of switch between that and Chrome and, and you know, and others. Um, but um, it really, it's really made a believer out of me. Um, it's just like you said, Bob, it, it, it works across all of the Apple devices you have, um, phone, tablet, desktop, laptop. Um, and it's just, it couldn't be easier to use. It's just called hide my email where you click into the box where they're asking for your email address from that for that big discount on your next order or the newsletter that they want to send you or whatever it might be. Um, you click in that box and the little option comes up that says hide my email and it offers up a, a really weird cryptic email address that, you know, it's hard to even memorize. But like Bob said, it keeps track of those. So if you need to go back to it or you want to use that weird cryptic email address again somewhere, which I'm not quite sure why you would, but you have the option to, um, you can. So it's really, really, really great if you use Safari and if you use the Mac OS. But as Bob's going to describe, there are other ways to get the hide my email um, benefits without using the Apple uh, stuff. Right, and it's not even called hide my email. That's Apple's term for it. Um, right. What um, DuckDuckGo has, they call it private duck addresses. 
And um, you have to do a couple of things. But the advantage of this, this will work on Android. It'll work on DuckDuckGo browsers that you can use on your iPhone. And you also, with the installation of the um, DuckDuckGo extension, and this is going out to uh, a lot of the folks that we're calling uh, in our last few shows. I wasn't completely clear about how you would use it in the other browsers, but um, I just did this. Uh, I got home last Wednesday after our show, and I went right to the DuckDuckGo site because I wanted to find out. Because I have DuckDuckGo set up as my uh, default search engine, which is easy to do, but that doesn't require the extension. The extension right. is something additional. And they have the DuckDuckGo extension available for Firefox, Chrome, Brave, or Edge browsers. So those are all uh, popular browsers that have uh, a lot of good attributes. And it is not supported in Safari. They do not make the DuckDuckGo extension for Safari, but you don't need it in Safari because you have Hide My Email. Got its own stuff, right? yeah, yeah. So you can actually create... Um, sort of different email camps for both of those products and use them in different ways. Now, the nice thing about the DuckDuckGo, when you have the extension, is it'll automatically sense when there's an email field when you're getting ready to type in an email address, because that's in the browser code for the web page. Sure. And it'll suggest right there a fake email <laughs> that you can use. And nice. it'll just put it in. Now, I haven't done enough research to know if it logs them and, and keeps a list of them. But I have a feeling if you put the extension in, it probably does. Uh, you may actually have to sign up for a duck. Well, you'd ha you have to actually get a duck address for this to work. This is the other part of it. Okay. I kind of put the cart before the horse there. The horse is you go to duckduckgo.com and you sign up for their duck.com email. Um, and you can, um, get a, what's called a forwarding service. You go to DuckDuckGo, get their free email service. You put in your real e email address, which only they know. And then you can pick your own address at duck.com and you can, you know, you might be, not be able to get Bob at duck.com or Jim at duck.com at this point. Somebody else probably has it, but it'll, right. it'll tell you when you have an address that'll work. So you can, you can customize it any way you want. You might, you might have to be Bob 9437 or something like that, but it'll, it'll make suggestions and you can get your own address that you can remember because then you can just use this. Uh, casually for, you know, for newsletters and stuff like that. But if you want to use it for, the email pr protection, uh, you can use that feature I was talking about where it detects the email fields and then populates the forms either with your personal duck address, the one you picked out, or a randomly generated private duck address. And uh, you can also generate private duck addresses on demand via the main menu in your browser uh, apps or extensions. Uh, and so it has a lot of features in there and, you know, there'll be a little bit of a learning curve to do this and you'll get familiar with it. But I love the idea that you can just generate these, um, fake throwaway emails that'll wind their way to your, to your inbox. Yeah. Now in the case of the, um, Apple hide my email, it goes straight to whatever email address you're using for your iCloud account, your, your, right. your master Apple account. In the case of DuckDuckGo, it goes, gets relayed through the, um, 
DuckDuckGo forwarding service. Now, the nice thing about the DuckDuckGo forwarding service, I'm not sure how Apple compares to this when you use a hide my email address. With DuckDuckGo, it actually sanitizes, I call it sanitizes your email. It, it cleans out all the trackers and little um, images that, that, that respond when you open the email. Those types oh, right. yeah, right, of right. tra- tracking features. And it puts a little tiny header at the top of your email saying DuckDuckGo has cleaned out six trackers from this email. And it, it's actually really nice for things like newsletters and stuff you want to get um, and uh, don't mind having a normal email address, except in this case, it'll be sent to your duck.com email, which will forward it to your whichever main email you want. And you can use, you know, you can use, if you are uh, use the Apple products and you have the uh, ability to get the hide my email feature and you have another email address you like using for other things, like if you have a Gmail account and an Apple account, you could have the DuckDuckGo send it to your Gmail account or something like that and keep them separated if you want to maintain multiple uh, inboxes like that. Yeah. So basically, you get the um, if you want to use a different browser than the Apple Safari, uh, if you're working on a Windows machine or if you have an Android phone, you can get Firefox, Chrome, Brave, or Edge browsers and install the DuckDuckGo extension. And that will enable that email protection feature. It's a great, it's a great feature, and it's really great to see features like this prolifer- proliferating. Because, um, as we said at the outset, this is kind of the latest volley in the tracking wars <laughs> that advertisers are using to um, to monitor what we do on the internet and to place ads in front of us and, uh, and, and place content for that matter in front of us, um, that is supposedly, um, you know, matched to what they infer to be our interests. So every time I use the hide my email address, uh, feature, I, I just get this kind of little sappy like, ha I yeah. get this happy little satisfied, you know, smug feeling that like, yeah, Thwarted, I'm still going to get that 15% discount, but you're not going to be able to yeah, monetize gonna, my email address. Sucker. You're not going to be. You're not going to. Yeah, you're not going to be able to line up all my emails. And I've, I've been doing that too. And the other thing I've been doing is resisting the urge to immediately sign up for those little pop-ups. The thing yeah, about yeah. The, yeah, we were talking earlier about how that has kind of um, replaced the hidden trackers, which are now illegal in a lot of countries and right. uh, frowned on by a lot of tech companies. That feature with the pop-up inviting you to subscribe and give them your email and get the discount is actually built into the browser code. It's it's part of the code of that web page on that website. And yeah. because it's presenting you with an opportunity, you're basically opting in. You're saying, go ahead. Yeah. Take my email. Track me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, all- it's, um, you know, it's, it's just yet another way that... Um, as I've said, that advertisers can add to, to track you, that websites can track you, and um, you may not have any problem with that. And if you don't, that's good on you. If you do, if you just don't like that idea of just kind of contributing to that, I'm bothered by it because I just don't like the sneakiness of it. You know, um, if, if they were transparent about it and they said, you know, this helps to support the website because we can sell your, your email address to other people for advertising purposes. Yeah. It might be one thing, but they don't. They present it as, hey, this is, this is nothing but good for you, a great newsletter or a great discount. 
And um, I'm just, you know, I'm bothered by that. So I enjoy, like I said, I enjoy using the hide my email feature. I know. Um, and really, the, the duck stuff sounds really intriguing, too. Um, I'm going to explore that. But um, yeah. no matter what you do, um, listeners, um, think about that. Just think about the, that option to, uh, especially if you frequently, oh, a lot of people just close those boxes right away. And that's the other thing. You've probably noticed this, Bob. It's often hard to find where to close those pop-up boxes. They will put a little X that's the size of, you know, three atoms, right. <laughs> three pixels, and, and, in, in an obscure corner of that pop-up box. They don't make it easy to just close it and make it go away. No, and that X is colored like two nanometers lighter than the background. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So it's almost yeah. impossible. Hey, um, this is something interesting because I, I did remember that Apple made, programmed a version of iCloud for Windows. You can, you can open iCloud in a browser on yeah. a Windows machine, but Apple also made an app for Windows machines that is iCloud for Windows, and you can download it from the Microsoft App Store. You might even be able to download it from Apple on a browser. But I have a feeling that the reason behind this, this is there's all kinds of people who use PCs at work. You know, they're in a PC network, but every one of them wants an iPhone, right? <laughs> so, hey, hey, yes. Hey. hey, I want to get this stuff on my, I want to get my iPhone photos on my work computer. Come on, you know. So hey. Apple has iCloud for Windows. And after you install it um, and set it up on your Apple device, iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, or your Mac, you can use iCloud for Windows to access your photos, videos, calendars, files, other important information on your Windows PC. And the information stays up to date on all your devices. So, um, you know, if your partner texts you from home on your phone and you want to get the information up on your PC, it'll come up there because the messages will come up. Um, you can download iCloud for Windows from the Microsoft Store. And there's a whole bunch of features that it has, but it also has iCloud email in there i don't know if it will do hide my email <laughs> yeah interesting on yeah. a pc but you can still access your hide mail hide my email information on the pc and use that address when you get on the pc you know maybe even if you just have to copy it out an old me email or something like that but and i wonder does it allow you to get to the online versions of apple's productivity software like pages and numbers that's uh, you can use those in the browser version. I know that for sure. Okay, yeah. and that you know that's worth mentioning to our listeners. You know, we talk about, and a lot of people know about the 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 the, the free Google um, Docs and Google Sheets, um, Google Slides, the different you know business productivity apps that Google has created that run in the in the browser, and they're actually quite nice. They've got a really nice kind of streamlined. Um, uh, uh, look and feel to them. They're fast on a browser. They run really well. Um, if for any reason, like privacy, you don't want to use the Google tools, Apple has browser-based versions of its Pages word processor and Numbers spreadsheet program. Keynote 2, maybe? I don't know about Keynote. Um, I know Pages, and it's a really nice word processor, and it runs in a browser, um, and it's free. So you can run... Um, pages in a browser through iCloud um, with an iCloud account. So if you go to iCloud.com, and I presume, not certainly, not certain, but I'm pretty sure, 
this is a Windows and Mac thing um, that you can uh, that you can run. So um, that's worth checking out. I, I like the Pages word processor as well. I'm not a big fan of Microsoft Word. I think it's just you know kind of just gotten bloatware. It, super it does bloatware. everything yeah. that and ninety percent of it you don't need. Um, but um, but I like Pages a lot. I like the Google Docs uh, stuff too, um, with that you know Google privacy asterisk after it. Um, oh yeah, but, um, but yeah, Pages is worth checking out. Um, this this um, page on iCloud for Windows I'm looking at doesn't show anything about the um, apps, but they they might be available through the browser interface. I I know I've seen right. seen those. Um, so it might not be as good as a dedicated app for. Um, for creating the uh, content, but for viewing it or editing it, you could definitely do it on a on a Windows-based browser. Nice, because I've, yeah. I've seen that too. Well, you're tuned to KZYX and KZYZ, Willits, Philo, and Ukiah. This is Point and Click Radio with Bob and Jim, and we're talking about hiding your email. <laughs> from the bad people out there on the internet. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, I like getting the 15% discount on my first order because a lot of times at some sites, it's my first and last order, you know? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, and if it doesn't help, you know, uh, help them track you, then so much the better. Why not? I know. I know. Um, we do have phones available. If anybody wants to call in, this is a call-in show. If you've been listening for a while and have some uh Good news to report on any of the advice you've been getting here or of the uh, things we've been talking about. You can give us a call at 707-895-2448. We'll take your call on the air, and uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. And um, we're on every other Wednesday around the year, around the calendar. We don't take uh, any third Wednesdays off or something like that. It's every other Wednesday. And guess what? In May... We have three shows because there's... Oh, it's a big month. Yeah, it's a big month. There's three every other Wednesdays in May. And just by like that, by announcing that time, you are more accurate than chat GPT, I know, artificial I know. intelligence. 7 p.m. every other Wednesday. You'd, you'd have to be a pretty smart chatbot to figure all that out. Anyway, Jim, <laughs> we, we got a call. Let's go to the phone. Okay. Hi, caller. You're on the air. Hi, Bob and Jim. It's Johanna. Hey, Johanna. Uh, oh, good to hear from you. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm all right. Um, thanks. I I have a question for you. I I'm I I heard you talk about hiding your email. I would like to figure out how to hide my lunch from the internet and from the data collectors. Here's really? a really bizarre a really bizarre story, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yes. So the other, I have no Siri on any of my devices enabled. I have no, you know, any of those devices that you talk to, none of that anywhere in my house. I don't even have wireless, like, because I have plug-in Ethernet, right? Okay. And so, so the other day, for the first time in, like, months, I made a tuna salad sandwich for lunch. And that afternoon, when I went on Amazon, it offered me this this collection of various cans of tuna fish <laughs> now I've, I've, I've never i've never bought tuna on the internet uh, or the closest i've ever come was like many many months ago you know i bought a few cans of tuna at costco ah so, that that was it that was it <laughs> but why but why would it come up why would it come up on the day i made the tuna salad sandwich 
You know, I think it's a coincidence. And I, 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 yeah, I was going to say, I think that is a technical um, uh, phenomenon known as a freak coincidence. Because I heard, I heard somebody talking about a similar experience. They had visited a friend and stayed at their house and used the brand of toothpaste they had at their house. And when they got back home, they started getting ads for that toothpaste on, on their, no, on their computers. It. Yes. And I don't think any anybody said anything or talked about it or mentioned it or verbalized it or anything. You know, I don't think the Amazon uh, Alexa or any of that stuff was able to pick it up. There are coincidences, and it's hard to say. In in your case, well, it might might have been the yeah. Costco. It might have been the Costco connection. <laughs> yeah, I, I I suppose there could be a link. I, it was just so bizarre to see it come up on the like it had never come up before. You know, and 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 you know, I to my to my shame, I will admit that you know during the pandemic, I learned to buy shop quite a bit on Amazon because you know it's a safe way to shop. But um, so I'm, I'm there. I was there quite a bit, and it never came up in all these months. And it's been like six months since I bought those cans of tuna at Costco. <laughs> well, they're big packs of tuna, I'm sure. Did, did your did your sandwich <laughs> taste like trackers? <laughs> Yeah, and I Did didn't, I didn't even tell my dog. I didn't even tell my dog that I was making a tuna salad sandwich. <laughs> wow! Well, don't tell a dog, and that, that'll that'll spread across the world. Yeah. <laughs> the whole neighborhood will know after that. That's right. Well, I, I've decided that it is a co coincidence, but it sure is a bizarre coincidence. I'm glad you agree with me. Yeah, yeah, I bizarre. think so. No, I, I, I got a web search would reveal a bunch of those similar things. I, I heard some, oh. uh, I think there was some journalist or somebody had done a lot of research and actually talked to an expert because they were so freaked out by the toothpaste incident that they really wanted to <laughs> consult with an expert and they said it, it just had to be a coincidence. Who knows, you know? <laughs> Can I, can I take 30 seconds to let listeners know what's on Wild Oak Living tomorrow? Oh, absolutely. You can take 38 seconds. Would that be all right? Want. Great. Yes. Oh, okay, great. Uh, yeah, tomorrow <laughs> on Wild Oak Living, um, I am I was gone for a while, and I've been running a curated versions of Bioneer, but tomorrow I'm back with a live show at 9 o'clock, and I'm, I'm talking to Andrew Boyd, who's just published a book in February called I Want a Different Kind of, a, uh, of Catastrophe. And it is um, sort of uh, how to how to remain hopeful and active and constructive in the face of uh, of catastrophe, uh, and it's it's uh, it's I think it's a book that we all need, and and it's uh, it's an interview that we all need, and I'm hoping that it will provide a lot of inspiration for dark times. So I encourage everyone to tune in tomorrow at nine a.m. Nine a.m. on KZYX for. Mm -hmm. um, well, look, living with Johanna Wildoak, and uh, this is going to be a live phone interview with the author. Yes, it is. And if you have to miss it because you have other things to do, it'll be on the KZYX podcast or on your favorite podcast app uh, after the broadcast. Just look for Wild Oak Living or look for KZYX Public Affairs. And will you be taking calls during the live show? I'm going to try. It's going to be a, a full interview, sure. and uh, you know, I, I often run out of time for calls because the guest has so much wonderful things to say. But uh, but yeah, my hope is I that know. to take calls. Mm -hmm. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. So it's choose your own disaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That sounds great. Tomorrow at nine. That's Thursday night at nine a.m. on uh, on right here on KZYS. Yo Johanna, just in case anybody's interested in doing a little homework, do you want to tell us the name of the author again? Yeah, it's Andrew Boyd. Andrew Boyd, and the book is 
Okay, I just closed it. Um, uh, a different kind of catastrophe. A different kind of catastrophe. Oh, that's I meant to I'm, say. I'm, remember that game, Choose Your Own Adventure. I, that was I was thinking. Choose your own catastrophe. Yeah, choose your own catastrophe. <laughs> All right, Johanna. Thanks okay. a lot. Thanks so much for that. Bye bye now. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Eight nine five two four four eight. If you want to talk on the phone with point and click, and uh, we're discussing computer topics and how to hide your email address. Oh, and uh, let's go on to our next topic, Jim, because that's something we weren't on last week, but last week was National, no, World Backup Day. World, World Backup Day. Yes. Man, I don't know. I'm, I'm still recovering from all the celebrations. It's, <laughs> it's you know, they, they, when they drop the big hard drive at Times Square at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> drop the big hard drive, yes. Yes. It's just, it's all just so kind of overwhelming. But yes, the 31st of March is World Backup Day. And it is a made up marketing holiday, like a lot of, like a lot of holidays, um, created by, well, as you might guess, a lot of purveyors of backup hardware and services. Um, and the whole goal of it is to just uh, raise awareness of not only their products, but of the importance of backing up. And that's something we talk about. Um, on the show all the time. Um, there's a website. I think it's World Backup, Backup, World Backup Day .org, But if you go to the search engine of your choice and just type World Backup Day, um, you'll find a lot of you know tips and needless to say, you'll send, you'll find promotions for hard drive companies and cloud backup services and that sort of thing. Um, uh, but um, there's also some good advice there. You know, as we say on the show all the time, a Backup, back. No matter what you do, even the simplest backup routine is better than none at all. Um, if you want to really be safe, which we gen, uh, definitely advocate, um, practice kind of the the the, the um, you know uh, gold standard for backup, and that is have one local backup, which is to say a backup in your house, you know, on your desk next to your computer, whatever. Um, then an off-site backup, that's a hard drive or a flash drive or some sort of device, storage device, stored someplace else um, in case the worst happens at your house, ranging from uh, theft to earthquake to fire to a burst pipe on the second floor. Um, and then lastly, have a cloud backup as well. Um, and there are a lot of different cloud backup options, companies like Backblaze. Um, I use one called iDrive, and um, they work behind the scenes to just kind of keep your stuff backed up constantly to the cloud. Um, it's great for desktop or laptop computers. Um, you know, Apple's iCloud feature has a lot of backing up uh, kind of automatic, it'll store your photos in the cloud if you wanted to, um, and important documents. Um, so whatever you do, even if you don't do all three of those things, at least just do one. Just do something to protect your data because um, there are only two kinds of people, people who have been traumatized by lost data and who people who are going to be. Yes, going to be. Yes, because even your backups need backups. It's true. Yeah. And yeah. those those friendly people that make all the hardware you need hardware to do your backups, you know, it doesn't happen in thin air, even if it's no, right. a cloud and, service. You know, the little like USB hard drives are so inexpensive anymore. Yeah. You know, you can get them you can get them on the likes of Amazon for, you know, $39, $49, $59. Um, and that makes it easy to kind of have a couple of them. 
and so that you can have a backup that you that you rotate out. Now, I will be the first one to admit I don't do all three of those steps. I don't have the off-site hard drive stashed, you know, at a neighbor's house or whatever, or a safety deposit box. I have the local backup, backup, and the cloud backup. So um, two out of three ain't bad. Well, um, you know, we've had those uh, wildfires that have forced people to evacuate, you know, mandatory evacuations. Um, my suggestion was keep your alternate backup in the glove compartment of your car. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, you don't even have to think about it, you know, just, just rotate your desk, the one that lives on your desk and the one that lives in your glove compartment every other week or something like that, especially if you're an author or, you know, an accountant or somebody who does a lot of work at home with a lot of, if you're generating new files of new information, new data that you've spent time putting it in, hours of work going into the computer, that has to be backed up. And that's that's yeah. a good candidate for backing up on all three, you know. A, Absolutely. A local Absolutely. backup, yeah. one in your glove compartment and one on the cloud too. Personal stuff too. You know, if you were really into photography um, and you've, you're building up a big photo library or if you're really into music and you've downloaded a lot of music, um, Boy, that can be a traumatic thing to lose that stuff. Um, so it's important. Yeah, it is. Hey, we world got a call. Day. Really, every day should be World Backup Day. Should be world backup. <laughs> we have another call coming in. Hi, caller, you're on the air. Howdy. I've got a question. I've got a couple of old laptops I'm going to get rid of. Okay. What's the, what's the best way to clean the hard drives to get all my information off of them? How Ooh, old, how old are they? How old are they? Oh, Years. Mac or Windows? Uh, Windows. Do you want them to? Do you, do you have uh, um, people who are ready for hand me downs? Do you want to pass them on to somebody else, or do you just want to get rid of them and make sure the data is? Uh, I just want to get rid of them and make sure the data is all gone. I was thinking about pulling the hard drives out and throwing holes in it. That's what I was going to say. That's a great way to do it. Um, just if you can get them open, if they're old enough, they have screws on the bottom where you can just open them up and you're yeah. not worried about having the computer survive. Just drill a bunch of holes in the hard drive and it will be a, or if you can get the hard drive out, smash it up with a hammer. That's very satisfying sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. All the grief it's put me through, right? <laughs> exactly. So now's your chance to finally get payback. <laughs> Other than that, um, if they're PCs, did you, you said they're PCs? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if they're old enough to have a floppy drive, I think you can get a, a pretty simple program that will just uh, boot to the floppy and erase them or something like that, or or from a USB drive. I know there's ways to do that. And um, I'm in a case like that, especially if you have sensitive information on it, like banking or health information or anything like that, I might try do the erase and drill the holes, <laughs> you know, both. Yeah, right. you know, double safe. Yeah. Okay, great. And, you know, I just I well, just looked for a um, I was just doing a little searching here. This looks like an older app because um, it only mentions like Windows two thousand is the most current version called uh, uh, Disk Wipe from a company called Roadkill, which you gotta love. Yeah, um, <laughs> there are companies that make kind of like secure erasure 
um, utilities and a lot of them are free. So that's something you could also look into. But like Bob said, and like you said, caller, um, like physical destruction um, is, is a really surefire and, and rather satisfying um, way to, to, to do it if there's no, you know, lingering value to the machine. Really? If there's still some value to it, then, you know, then and it's going to be recycled or something like that. That's, you know, that's a choice you have yeah, to kind of make on your own. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of a lot of places we'll recycle them and send them to third world countries for people to have uh, new technology, new to them. And you know, I have because um, I'm old. <laughs> I have back in the era of analog tape recording, they made these devices called bulk erasers, and they looked yeah. a little bit like you know what I mean. I think you'd, I think you know yeah. what I'm talking about. It's almost like a, um, a um, an iron. They look a little. They look a lot like an iron, um, a clothes iron. Yeah. And they're really powerful electromagnets that um, uh-huh. you press a button and you around the hard drive. I've used that uh, too uh, many times. Yeah. Then you you can delete the files first, like erase them, star dot del star dot star or whatever command or utility you want to use, and then to just really just wipe the drive, you can use one of those bulk erasers. They're hard to find anymore. Um, because uh-huh. you know, tape is not really. I wonder if a little rare earth magnet would work. Pardon? Um, yeah, a rare earth magnet would work too. Shot. If you if you have oh, yeah. a, a really Quite powerful magnet, so. just I mean, because hard drives are fairly small, you can just rub it around. Any big strong magnet yeah. will uh, probably scramble some of those bits. But you know, do delete your files first to make sure that uh, you know at least to just right. Um, yeah, do they still boot increase up? the chances that there won't be anything recoverable? Uh, no. Okay, well then. One you're, of them. Definitely. I don't know about the other one. Yeah, then I think you're. I mean, the the uh, if you can physically destroy the drives, I think that's it. Because the odds of somebody going to all the trouble to to uh, try to forensically retrieve that data is pretty low. Yeah. Right. The odds of somebody doing it anyway, I think, is pretty low. But I just want to be sure. Yeah. Know. Yeah. It's a it, it's a good idea. You can read more about yeah, it if I mean, you go I mean, to the, the search engine of your choice, and and just do a search for the phrase. Windows Secure Erase. That's um, it. I'm seeing a lot of articles that uh, could uh, maybe um, share a utility that we don't know about or haven't mentioned here. Yeah, I mean, I don't. If somebody finds out I'm using somebody else's toothpaste and I get a thing on my <laughs> computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty soon you'll be seeing ads for someone else's somewhere. Yeah. In, in tuna brand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Thanks for the show. Hey, thanks for calling. You're very welcome. Thanks for the call. Good luck. Bye bye. Yeah, that's always an important thing. You know, we should give that a back uh, background context for listeners who don't know what we're talking about. If you give away or recycle or send to the recycling bin in the sky a, a, a computer, erase the contents of the hard drive first. Um, and a lot of times with a Windows desktop machine, you can actually like physically remove the hard drive. Um, I see more than one old Windows PC in the uh, in the local uh, dump uh, electronics recycling thing with has no with no hard drive. No hard it. drive, yeah. Um, there are ways to do it on Macs. There are ways to do it on Windows. Uh, there's a secure erase feature on the Mac OS. I know. Um, so uh, it, it's not enough to to just throw your files away and and you know empty the trash or empty the recycle pen. No. Bin. Um, because there's, there's always a chance that they can be recovered using a Norton utility type uh, type of uh, tool. Right, because the the deal with that is uh, just for to enlighten our listeners a little bit about this. When you delete a file, all it's doing 
is removing the header of that file that tells the operating system where to find it. All the bits that make up the content of the file are now up for grabs and, right. can, and can be rewritten over by new new files. But the data is still there, kind of innocently out to pasture, waiting for a new file to cover it over. Somebody using forensic methods could get that data back and retrieve that file information. That's why you want to both delete the files so a casual looker wouldn't see them, but also erase those bits so they're not there anymore. Genuinely wipe them. It's like what I always describe it being like when you delete a file, it's like tearing out the table of contents uh, entry for a certain chapter of a book. Right. The chapter's still there, yes. but the table of contents is gone. Yeah. Um, so um, it's still possible to find that chapter then. So, yeah. Um, when you're giving away a computer or recycling it or throwing it away or whatever, um, securely wipe the drive before you do for your protection. Right. We've got another call. Let's go back to the phones. Hi, caller. You're on the air. Um, hi, Bob. It's Johanna. Sorry for the double dipping. I'd like to offer some uh, another idea for backups. Oh, go um, ahead. Something something that I it took me quite a bit of time to find, and, and others might have a similar issue. Um, I have a pretty big uh, iPhone. I have a 256 iPhone, and I made the mistake of only getting... This, um, MacBook Air, and so at some point I couldn't back up my photos uh, on my uh, on my MacBook anymore, and I don't want to. I don't like using the cloud because my internet connection is not that is not that great. And so I found this little SanDisk stick. It's called uh, um, iXpand flash drive, and um, it has a Lightning connector on one side and a USB C connector on the other side. And you just stick it in your phone and it, and, and it install the software from the little stick. And then it backs up all your photos, um, on that stick. And you can use it for like for your iPhone and your iPod it pad. It puts all the photos together in one file, which can also be good sometimes if you like to take pictures on several devices. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, and then it backs it all up onto this little stick, which you can hang from your keychain and take with you. But you can also, because it has a USB connection, you can also then put it uh, into your laptop and then selectively just, you know, copy uh, the pictures or back it up to another hard drive, etc. But I love it because it, it finds automatically finds all the new pictures you've taken since the last time you used the stick and just copies those into the into the backup file. It's all very automatic and transparent. Um, so and, and it works that, that way. Be, it works that way on your phone just by plugging in the lightning connector. Exactly. Oh, I yeah. love that. It looks like what a cool, what a cool like a tool. What a great tip. I just I just looked on. Yeah, and, it, it uh, just did a web search for it and found it. It's called the expand. That's it's like the word expand except it starts with an I. Sandisk, Sandisk Expand Flash Drive. Um, Apple is even selling them at their own uh, online store. It's about, depending on the size, it's uh, you know anywhere from uh, um, thirty-nine to to sixty-nine dollars, depending on how big a, a, a drive you get. And yeah, like Johanna said, it's got a, a lightning connector a connector on one end. It plugs into your phone, um, and you can copy stuff over to it. And then it's got a a standard USB connector that you can then plug them into a into a into a desktop or a laptop so it's it's bilingual <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly 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 yeah what a exactly. great tip Ooh, i think i'm gonna I, th I think i'm gonna add yeah this and also to me it, if you're traveling somewhere where you're way offline and can't get to your cloud backup 
especially yeah, exactly. if you start running out of space for photos you can you can and then does it um it allows you to delete the photos from the, from the device and just leave them on the stick you can you can either choose to copy and retain the photos or copy and delete them yep oh great mm-hmm. oh okay really so sweet. Yeah. that's really handy so, yeah um and and I have one more thing. Um, I was a bit flummoxed when you asked me about the name of the book, and I had just closed the file. I was reading it on the computer. Um, the name of the book for the person I'm interviewing is is the person I'm interviewing tomorrow on Wild Oak Living at nine o'clock. The name of the book is "I Want a Better Catastrophe." Okay, I want navigate. I want a better catastrophe. Navigating the climate crisis with grief, hope, and and gallows humor. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I especially, I especially love the gallows humor. Yeah. And the author is Andrew Boyd, B O Y D. Um, and you'll be on these. That, that, you'll be on these airwaves tomorrow at nine a.m. Yep, he'll be on live tomorrow at nine a.m. And I'm going to try and do phone calls. Okay, we'll be tuning in. <laughs> Thanks, Joanna. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Bye. That's a great trip. A tip. I love that idea of a um, um, lightning on one side and um, USB, standard USB on the other side. So guess what's the first thing that's going to happen, Jim? We're going to get new iPhones with uh, USB-C connectors. (laughs) Yes, indeed. That is likely to happen. Well, hopefully. Maybe maybe as early as this year. Maybe. So hopefully they'll have a USB-C edition, too, or... It might be nice if they had lightning on one side and USB-C on the other, because a lot of the newer Apple laptops only have USB-C. So, yeah. you know, you need adapters for your adapters. You're tuned to Point and Click on KZYX and KZYZ with Jim and Bob, and we're talking about computers and backups and email and all kinds of stuff. And we have another call coming in, so let's go back to the phones. Hi, caller. You're on the air. Hi. Yeah. Uh- my name's John. Uh, great show. Thank you very much for putting it on. I have a uh, another phone question. About a year ago, I went to a local merchant, and uh, when I got home, I had a text message from that uh, business, and I had never given them my phone number, and my phone had been turned off. And, of course, I now carry my phone in a Mylar bag. But my question is, was there hacking my phone like that to get my phone number legal, or was that uh, uh, an illegal hack? How do you suppose? I don't know how they could have hacked it. I don't know how they could have hacked it either. Uh, is there some other source that that number could have been pre, pre-sent to them? No. Maybe you paid for something with a card that was tied to your number or something, and they that card oh, had no. your number. Nope. 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 You know, I have had an ex- I have had an experience where I bought something, and I don't remember if it was Shopify or one of the other online storefronts. But as soon as I put my actually in this case real email address in. It, it just pulled up all my information because I had bought from the um, uh, this uh, company that handles handles the online transactions yeah, for, like for multiple sites. Motors, you know. Square, uh, Shopify, a lot of those places will just automatically, yeah. uh, you know, have all your information showing up. And if this company used a service and put in uh, some some piece of information, it may have brought the others in together. 
I mean, obviously, hacking, huh. if, they, if, if, if they somehow infiltrated your phone, that is most definitely illegal. Yes. Um, what yeah. kind of... What kind well, of a, I, I, but it also seems extremely unlikely. What kind of a company was it? Um, well, it was kind of a, uh, uh, a medical service provider of, of, of a sort. Uh, and I don't even want to tell you where it is. No, no, don't, I, I don't want to have any personal information, especially if it's medical. But I'm yes. just trying to figure out... You're saying that you received a text message on your phone to your cell number and they had no direct way from you to acquire that number? Is no, that... absolutely not. You might just want to call them and ask them, ask them how they did it or why well, I, they did I it. I responded to the text message by, by asking them, A, how did they get my number, and B, that it was really uncool for them to do that. Did you and, get a response? Uh, no, no, I did not. There was no response. Well, I would call the the uh, landline, you know, office number of the company and ask them what's going on. I'd be curious. Yeah. I'd be curious to know how that happened too. Um, if they hang up on me, I can call the FCC. <laughs> yes, I, I know. A lot of times, all that medical information is shared in um, in medical records software that just goes mm. from the hospital to the provider to the insurance company to the insurance company's um claims uh yeah. approvers and all this but kind I, of stuff you know it's just out I there i generally do not give out my my cell phone number uh for a number of reasons no so not the least of which is that i i uh, have never been able to get my voicemail set up because it's well it's kind of a, a mess but yeah, I'm pretty sure that my phone, my cell phone number is not out there. Uh, I generally don't give it out. Yeah, that's mystifying. I, is there any other way that they, it could have gotten to your? T and it was in a text message to your phone. You're saying? Yep. Boy, I don't know. That's that, that's a strange one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I didn't like that. I doubt if that, they. That, for that, no, I doubt if they sniffed. For that reason, I do carry my. Excuse me, I'm stepping on you. No, I, you can also just put your phone in airplane mode or something like that if you're, you know, before you go into a store. Um, yeah, you know, if that yeah, is a concern. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think, I just don't think they would have gotten your phone number directly from your phone just by you showing up with your phone there. I, I'm thinking there must be some. I don't know of any way that that is possible. Um, uh, maybe in the you know black hat hacking world there is, but it's also hard to imagine that any legitimate yeah. business of any kind would, uh, would 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 be using those kinds of tactics. Yeah, call us back. We're on every other Wednesday. Call us back if you get an answer to how that happened. I'd be curious too. Yeah, I think yeah, I will give them a call because I was not pleased with that at all. What happened? No, and uh, no, you know if cool. you if you have a landline too and just want them to use that number to contact you, say you know I wanted you to get rid of my you know please erase my cell number and put in my landline or some other number you want well, actually, to actually, I don't want to deal with this company at all. Oh, <laughs> huh. yeah, yeah. Nope, no yeah. more. Yeah. But, okay, uh, thanks for calling. Oh, well, thank you very much. Good luck with that. Bye-bye. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, uh, I'm surprised sometimes where my information shows up and I went, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, so-and-so has, yeah. has my cell number and it probably went into my uh, medical records for a contact information and that got sent to somebody else who when I booked an appointment with them had all that data right there you know because they were in the same network or something like that and as we said if you if the business is using one of those centralized payment systems like Shopify or or, or Stripe um, they may well have that from from a different transaction yeah yeah 
It's actually it's actually kind of interesting because uh, a lot of times I'll go to someplace like a coffee shop or you know or, um, a restaurant, and I will um, use my Apple Watch to pay, you know, contactless payment, and then it automatically knows my email address to send the receipt to, you know. Yeah. Because I set up that card to work with Apple Pay to use on my watch or my phone, you know, for contactless payment, which is right. really fast and handy. I like that a lot. Um, not having to fumble and drop your credit card on the floor and spill the change out of your coin purse and totally. all that stuff, you know. Yes. But but then all of a sudden you're getting a receipt from, uh, you know, by email, which they often will offer as an option at the at the register you know do you want a paper receipt or just can we just email it to you and i usually choose the email you know it's not right so that information gets around uh you want to take another call jim we got calls coming if in. we got time if we, we got if we got call we got I, time i think we're good let's go to the phones hi caller you're on the air yeah howdy um so i'm wondering uh have you guys uh signed on to the 100 uh biggest computer scientists trying to put a six-month moratorium on ai research and will six months do anything at all boy i don't know i've i've heard no of, and no <laughs> yeah no and no because i've heard just noises about this about um was it Elon Musk and a couple other people were cautioning about AI? Have you heard about that, Jim? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, as the caller said, there are, there was a there was kind of an open letter to um, companies like Microsoft and OpenAI and Google, uh, some of the big players in developing um, uh, AI technologies, um, urging a six month moratorium on further development, um, so that governments can develop a method of regulating. Um, and, and, and controlling the, the growth of this. And to that, I say kind of good luck with that. Good um, luck it with takes that. Government, you know, six months to remember the password to their computers. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's interesting that a lot of their competitors are the ones that you said, yeah, we want you to slow down. So. Well, that, that's, um, well, what I, the first that's what I'm wondering, because, you know, the government has had opportunities for 30 years now to, to take a look at what's going on with things like invasion of privacy and theft of personal information and, uh, you know, selling out your grandmother to the highest bidder and all this stuff. Well, Why know, start now? I mean, one of, one of the uh, signers, of course, was uh, Steve Wozniak. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, and so I'm I'm just real curious as what has got these guys so frightened because it, it, this is right. It's well, I mean, government. because we only have a couple of minutes, um, we'll just kind of give you, a, I think, what our what our take is. Um, I think one thing people are afraid of is um, on the on the relatively kind of likely spectrum is misuse and dis dis disinformation like state-sponsored actors using ais to generate astronomical amounts of propaganda content or fake images um and, and that sort of thing i think the most scary sci-fi end of the spectrum is that if you know some kind of general artificial intelligence gai as it's called which is intelligence like it's, it's smarter than we are yes um the, the real scare there is like, well, it could kill us all. <laughs> you know? And so um, 
I think that's where the, there's a whole spectrum of concerns. There are privacy concerns. I mean, Italy uh, banned uh, uh, chat GPT uh, just last week wow. because of a lot of privacy concerns. So um, my prediction is that the European Union is going to lead, um, as they have in so many areas of online privacy and technology, um, we in this country just don't seem to be either good at it or not interested in it. Um, I think the AI toothpaste is out of the tube and there's no putting it back in. Uh, it's going to be up to um, governments and, and you and me to be keeping an eye on where the technology is and trying to have a say in, uh, in how it's being used. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, um, this, this whole AI thing, it comes in a lot of different colors, I guess you could say. I mean, there's, there's some things that are kind of fun and, uh, trivial, you know, like, uh, putting in a text prompt to get some kind of an image generated. And then the other stuff about the deep fakes. I mean, the, um, God, I can't remember what they call them. What do you call it when you have hundreds of fake Twitter accounts that are spewing out nonsense bots bots yes bots. yes yeah. bots when the bots get hooked up with the ai and can respond to messages intelligently it's just you know it's going to be a um i don't know what the clean way to say it is but it's going to be a, a bad a, show for adventure. <laughs> yes a new adventure for everybody I, you know i read a really great quote from uh of all people robert oppenheimer who was the head of the manhattan project who yes. said back in in the back in the 40s um Technology is invented because it can be. Yeah. Where kind of like, for better or worse, if we human beings figure out a way to do something, we're going to do it, whether that is for good or for ill, Ill for ill or for some combination of the two. Yeah. And that's, that, I think that's very much the case with AI. There are some really genuinely useful applications of it. Um, there are some really terrifying uh, applications of it. The whole general artificial intelligence, the kind that you know could kill us, uh, and because, you know, uh, because we give it the instruction, you know, um, figure out what it's do, do whatever it takes to reduce climate change. Yeah. So the AI realizes, well, oh. the best thing to do to that is get rid of all the people. Yes. Um, that kind of thing is in the distant future. If it ever is going to happen, we're just not there yet. But there are still a lot of kind of scary, weird ways that AI can be abused. So, um, yeah, to be keeping an eye on. Yeah, but Jim, nowadays if you buy a car that is, um, well, I don't know if it's just the hybrids or just the all electrics, but if you, um, uh, don't do your, um, monthly payment, they can stop your car in the middle of the street. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The repo, the repo switch. The repo switch. Yes. I think the AI is telling us that we are out of time. Are we out of time? <laughs> on this edition of Painting Tech Radio. Back in two weeks. All right. See you in two weeks. Thanks, Good you, night, everybody. everybody. Good night. Happy and safe computing. Don't forget to back up. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org. And consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.